parachute situation, the heat shield, the angle of trajectory, and the typhoon. There's just so many variables. I'm a little I know what lost. the problems are, Henry. This could be the worst disaster NASA's ever experienced. With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Now, in the meantime, we're going to have a frozen command module up there. In a couple days, we're going to have to power it up, use nothing but the reentry batteries. Well, we've been tried before. Hell, we've never even simulated it before, Gene. Well, we're going to have to figure it out. I want people in our simulators working reentry scenarios. I want you guys to find every engineer who designed every switch, every circuit, every transistor, and every light bulb that's up there. Then I want you to talk to the guy in the assembly line who actually built the thing. Find out how to squeeze every amp out of both of these damn machines. I want this marked all the way back to Earth with time to spare. We never lost an American in space. We're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch. Failure is not an option. Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher But I flew too high Though my eyes could see I still This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I am, uh, like most of you, in a remote location in the secret uh, main event studios. If I sound a little different than normal, I am, uh, I'm recording over remote connection. Because, you know, uh, apparently to the radio station, I'm not an uh, essential employee. Uh, so they found uh, alternative technology to get me to keep me out of the studio from getting infected by all the bad things that are at the radio station. So anyway, uh, I open up with that clip. I actually clipped it and it took two clips together from Apollo 13 because I think it might help calm people down a little bit. You know, I think this will be our finest hour and failure is not an option. Those two, two of my favorite clips from the movie Apollo 13, um, about the Apollo 13, uh, crisis when uh, when the when the spaceship kind of uh, had some malfunctions in Houston we have a problem because I think people with our statewide our statewide uh, stay at home I know that lots of people are are uh, working remote it's weird they're worried about losing their jobs they're worried about losing their not having any money they're worried about where am I gonna get some toilet paper I had a client come in uh, this week and say hey you have tissue paper at your house I said mean toilet paper? He goes, yeah. I go, yeah, I got it in my house. He goes, where'd you get it? I said, I don't know. It magically appears underneath the uh, bathroom sink in all our bathrooms. I don't know. I assume my wife buys it at Costco or or uh, Stater Brothers or wherever she shops. Um, he goes, I don't have any. I said, well, go on Amazon if you can't get in. He goes, they're out too. No. And I went logged on Amazon. You know, hey, everybody, calm down. This is, you know, it, this may be bigger. My, my daughter tells me that I'm taking it too lightly and I'm telling everybody they're, they're being too serious about it. Everything's going to be okay. And I personally don't like working for remote 
And I don't like my people working for me because it just frustrates me not being able to get anything done. And I would imagine most business owners feel like that, although it's kind of the way of uh, way things are these days, especially in the mortgage business. You you click a button and your file goes to an to, goes from processing to underwriting to to compliance to disclosures to, to doc drawing to funding, and you know things operate a little faster than some of us older guys uh, are are comfortable with. I know I'm kind of baffled by how technology works today. I've become I've become accustomed to it, but it's just that's just not the Ed Hoffman that's been here for in this business for 30 years. And it's a little bit weird for me, but I, Hey, I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting. Sometimes I have to call my granddaughter when I, when I don't understand the technology and my eight year old granddaughter fills me in on how to program my, my phone or something, uh, or I get one of my kids. So, uh, but that's how that is. And I use the carry on my wayward son because everyone's got to get a little bit of, uh, of just, hey, relax, it's gonna be okay. What I see, and I'll talk about this as the show goes on, what I see is the government, I don't say the government, I'll say specifically President Trump and his team are operating as well as anybody could hope for. And we'll talk about that as time goes on, but I'll try to get, I decided on this show, I wanna try and give you guys some comfort, give you guys some comfort on this. So. Thursday night, Thursday night, um, Don and I attend Sandals Church, and as you remembered, I had Pastor Matt Brown on on my show uh, five or six weeks ago. I think it was mid mid January, and uh, and he called a night of prayer Thursday night, and I came home. I'm tense. I'm tense because of what's going on with the rates. I'm tense because of everybody's trying to work remote. I'm not happy about that. I'm out of control. I'm out of control of my of of uh, of things that are going on, and I will tell you, for me, I'm a little uncomfortable. I come home and Don's trying to 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 be calm, and uh, and you know my favorite chamomile tea that she makes for me every night. We're out, we're out of it, and uh, and we don't have another thing coming from Amazon until Monday, and she goes, well, you have to drink this other kind of tea. Uh, tonight, because I don't drink coffee and I wanted something hot. And uh, and she goes, uh, or we can go to the store. She goes, but I'm not going to the store unless you're going with me. And I said, you know what? Let's get out. Let's get out of the house. Let's get out of the house. And even if we're going to some craziness, let's let's go down to the store just to kind of get in a different in a different you know change change the mood a little bit about you know maybe ease off of what what I came home with my in my head. And uh, we went and. Uh, we turned on the uh, the night of prayer that uh, Pastor Matt Brown was doing on Sandals Sandals TV, and uh, and I will tell you, this completely was everything I needed. And let me play let me play about a one minute clip from the beginning of it here. From the beginning, this was he did a prayer, and then they did some music, and then he did this. And I think this will help you whether you're Christian or you're Jewish or you're whatever you are. Listen to the words of Matt Brown. Look, the reality is some of us are scared to de- just scared to death to pray. God's word says when you assemble in the name of Jesus, the apostle Paul says his spirit is present and so is the power of the Lord Jesus. It's not about us, it's about him. And a lot of us, when we wanna pray, we don't know what to say. And so we're intimidated and we're worried. Look, the key to prayer is humility. We live in an arrogant world 
We live in an arrogant culture and we are an arrogant people. And COVID-19 has reminded us that we're not as powerful as we thought. And the reality is we need to humble ourselves. Second Chronicles 7:14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Many of you are shocked at the behavior of your neighbors, shocked at the behavior of people in grocery stores. It doesn't matter what they do. It matters what you do. Will you humble yourself? Yep, I think that was uh, that was completely comforting to Don and I, and I forwarded it to our kids, and I forwarded it to some of my friends, and I know uh, I know a couple of people responded and said, you know, it made it, it made them cry, and you know, it's just we have to calm down. We all get in those situations where we feel overwhelmed, and we have to take a deep breath and step back. And for me, that that made a huge difference. So I hope. You know, if you want to watch the whole the whole prayer service, um, was a lot of music and a lot of and a lot of prayer. And uh, and if you're if you're a believer, go ahead and uh, sandals sandals dot com, and you can find the night of prayer on there. Or you also get on YouTube as well. I'm gonna play a, one more clip of it at the end of the end of the show. Um, I don't want to make this too religious, but I know a lot of my listeners are are believers, and I know everybody needs a little prayer right now because it just it's scary to see how people are acting. It's scary to see all this stuff because we've never been on. Hey, we have a statewide lockdown. Well, I'm going to work. I'm not going to go to work every day, but I did get my my office set up at my house so I can actually be there. I can actually almost be there. It's not the same. It's almost the same. I think I can adapt to this. Um, I personally like to be be there, but I'll be in the building with nobody else there. So that's part of the part. Hey, I need this. I like to call out and just get things done. So anyway, so anyway, let me go on with the rest of the show. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I can be a little bit of a clarity on common sense for you today, and hopefully I can be a little bit of, uh, a little calming uh, by bringing in my friend Pastor Matt Brown. Actually, uh, 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 one of the pastors at the church asked if if uh, I could take if if I was interested in having him on. I said absolutely, but he's uh, apparently apparently. Uh, has a lot more demands of him and so we'll probably bring him back on in a couple of weeks we'll see how this thing goes and uh i think it's just a little bit of a little bit of clarity and some calm and some uh uh a little bit of bring back to a little sanity and a little comfort that we're not in control of everything and you know god is so anyway uh so let me let me go on let me go on with the main event and give you guys what you want a little clarity a little humor a little, uh, little bit of Ed Hoffman's perspective on things. But for those of you who don't know, know me, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, you want to talk to somebody who thinks like you. And if you're listening to the main event, if this is your first time, hopefully by the end of the show, you'll say, hey, I like this guy who thinks like me. And for the rest of you that listen all the time, you know that you think like me. Otherwise, you wouldn't listen unless you're unless you're just one of those guys thinking that wants to listen just to just to get his, uh, just to get your blood boiling. Um, but if you want, but if you need financing and it is a crazy world out there in the, in the mortgage industry, what you see talking about how rates are, the rates are not, not getting better. They will get better. But right now in the last two weeks, they've gotten worse because the bond market has got, has, has improved so much that it's burying everybody in the, uh, in the mortgage industry. The, the rates are too, are, are, got too low and there's too much of a demand 
there's not enough there's not enough people and capacity in the mortgage industry to take care of everybody that wants to refinance right now and in the and in the process it's just overloaded everybody so so they've backed off they've backed off their uh uh their pricing to slow things down in addition to that the markets don't like unsurety and so they uh they don't like unsurety and with what's going on with if you watch the stock market it's it's up 100 points it's down 200 points it's up 300 points it's down 100 points and that's every 30 minutes so there's no stability nobody can put any prices on it so so for people that are calling me for refinance i'm saying hey i'm put you on my list i'm going to give you some basic quotes it's not time i'm going to tell you where things are now where i think they'll be in a couple of weeks and we'll just we'll watch it and we can get loans started but we're locking everything. Number one, I wouldn't lock anything right now except for a purchase because you got to close when you close. But for the uh, as for refinances, we're not locking. I'm, I'm we're locking everything in ninety days because we just don't know how long it's going to take. And if you're purchasing, we're still prioritizing purchases and we're still closing in twenty one days. So there's there's no issue there. But anyway, uh, so if you want to if you want to talk, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five. 640-2021, last time, dear night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to connect, but you don't want to talk just, just yet, uh, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net, and uh, scroll down just a little bit to where you see a Summit Funding logo. Click on that. That'll take you to my lending page. You can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and I'll get back to you. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman, and we will help you find the missing pieces to real estate financing puzzle. A lot of people are talking about, um, hey, you know, you need some some relief in these unsure times. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not one to advocate pull money out of your house to pay off your bills, but unless you unless it really makes sense. But so, sometimes maybe that's just the right thing because we're in unsure times. And I, and in my opinion, this will be over. This won't be long term. This will be a few weeks. To a couple of months and and this thing will be resolved i heard today that uh well i'll talk about that i heard remind me to talk about uh z-packs and and malaria malaria yeah remind me to say that after i get done with the intro so anyway um but apparently i just talked about it now so apparently uh over in france they some scientists tried uh they mixed uh a z-pack which is a common uh, a common antibiotic with some malaria me uh, medication and it cured seven out of seven uh people from coronavirus so hopefully if that becomes a broader a broader success story we'll all be taking you know we'll all be uh they'll be able to cure this thing fairly quick that's a little piece of good news i don't know i don't know how any of the details it was something i heard this morning so but there's a there's potential light at the end of the tunnel so again, if you want to if you want to contact me re regarding financing, head off in .net, um, Click on the Summit Funding logo, 855-640-2020. If you want to repeat anything that you heard on this show, you can hear this on podcast also at edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. And you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free, have it download to your uh, to your phone or your, your Droid or your iPhone or your iWatch or your iPad or your your, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your iPod, your computer, anything you can get, uh, anything you can get a podcast on and listen to it on demand. So if uh, the times on the radio aren't convenient or you're out of range uh, or for whatever reason you want to listen in the middle of the night, you can do that. Um, if you want to follow me, uh, follow me on social media at Ed Hoffman, where I 
uh, tweet about current events all week long, some weeks more than others. And the Facebook page for the main event is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. All right. So let's talk about, so I just talked about the coronavirus and the, uh, and the, the potential cure. Um, so as of Tuesday, the coronavirus uh, known as COVID-19 has spread to all 50 states and the United States death poll is over hundred. I think as of, of uh, Friday, it's somewhere around 200, 200 people. So it's gone up this week. Um, but of course, in my opinion, uh, now everybody who's dies of pneumonia, dies of the flu, people in their 80s and 90s, it's dangerous to get the flu, it's dangerous to get pneumonia. And now it's now everything is being called coronavirus. So I don't know that I don't know that we've got a death death poll, death poll of, of 200 people. Is that all really from coronavirus? Would we have called if we didn't have this this uh, pandemic going on, would we have called it pneumonia? Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I know that I hear what I hear and this is how I, how I interpret it. Um, and, and the virus has now infected close to 10,000 people across the country compared to March 1st when there was 62. And I would expect that to keep going up because now we're testing. So um, I will tell you that I got a, uh, I got a, uh, an email or a post from one of my neighbors who's a nurse. And uh, apparently there's, uh, people in the in Asia that some doctors in Asia that say coronavirus, you may have it for several days before you have any symptoms. But what happens is your your lungs start to get uh, fibrosis. I'm not a medical person, so don't quote me if I say something wrong. But they said there's an easy easy test you can do every morning. Get up, hold your breath for ten seconds. If you've got fibrosis, you're going to feel pain and discomfort in your lungs. And, uh, and or you're going to start coughing. So if you can do that every day and breathe in some air, hold it for ten seconds. And if you can do that without coughing, then you're probably probably don't have coronavirus. Um, also, they recommend uh, drink water all the time. Uh, keep liquid. Keep keep your mouth wet because if you if somebody happens to cough and you happen to get something, if it's in your mouth, if you drink drink water, uh, you know every fifteen minutes. Um, it'll wash it into your stomach and the stomach acid will kill it. So, uh, which is stomach acid kills just about everything else you stick in your mouth. So, uh, so that's just a little helpful tip, uh, helpful tip. So there's multiple relief packages being pitched and voted on right now. It started with a bill passed by the house last weekend and the Senate on Wednesday, the $350 billion HR 6201 titled the family's first coronavirus response act. Now they have to put it as the first, so because this is the Pelosi bill. The package includes four key provisions: emergency paid sick leave and child care leave, at a cost ranging from 40.9 billion to 18.4 billion, and possibly up to 282.5 billion if restrictions on company size were eliminated. So uh, how do you think you could have a chance of balancing your own budget? Well, it might be 40, 40.9 billion, might be 118, it could be. It might be 40 bucks to fix your car, but it might be 118. It could be as high as 282, uh, depending on the budget. And I saw one of the, one of these uh, one of these relief acts that requires if you have if you're an employer with less than 500 employees, and I saw one that said less than 50. So if you're if if you put people on uh, on if you if they're not being able to work, they use they get two two weeks of paid leave, and after that, the employer has to pay them two-thirds of their normal salary. So I don't know how many of you have ever run businesses, but I'm going to tell you, if you have to pay people that aren't working 
two thirds of their salary. The people who actually employ people are going to go broke before they have a chance to come back to work. I was talking to a business owner that has about, I don't know, 10 or 15 employees. And I said, well, if it gets to that, you just lay them off and let them get unemployment because, and then as soon as, as soon as this comes back, they can come back to work. Then you, uh, then you hire them back. I don't see any other way to, to keep the job creators able to create jobs. But, you know, the, the government doesn't know how, doesn't understand business. And that was the Pelosi bill. Expanded unemployment insurance benefits at a cost of $1 billion, which when this act is uh, $350 billion, $1 billion is like, uh, you, know, a tw- you know, a $5 bill. Um, increased Medicaid funding and free testing for everyone. It increased cost of $56.3 billion and another $1.3 billion allotted for health care services and testing costs. Which you know everyone's going to get. Re- well, we got to have drive-through testing. Are you feeling bad? No. You have any symptoms? No. Have you held your breath for ten seconds? Uh, I haven't tried that. But I want to have my test. So uh, increase Medicaid funding and free testing for everyone. And it, oh, I already said that. Um, additional nutritional assistance for food, food subsidy programs at a cost of one point two five billion. The programs would include WIC, which which many of you don't know. You've all heard of WIC, but it, that means Women, infants, and children program. They don't care if guys go hungry, but it's uh, it's programs that are are geared for women, infants, and children are WIC. The emergency food assistance program and programs that provide meals for elderly. There would also be loosened restrictions for supplemental nutrition assistance program, also known as SNAP, um, otherwise known as food stamps or EBT. That will allow for additional benefits to be provided at estimated cost of $6.8 billion. You know what? I don't know what you guys think about this, but I don't suspect anyone will try to manipulate the system. You know, anybody with a driving a four, uh, you know, a Cadillac Escalade with 22 inch wheels and spinners getting out with their long nails, uh, long nails uh, uh, manicured with the little fancy things on the nails, get out, pull it and they get into the food line and pull their uh, their Louis Vuitton purse out and their Louis Vuitton uh, thing and pull out an EBT card out of it. I don't think anybody will do that. But I will replay this in a few months if, that, if I see that happening. Mitch McConnell acknowledged the bill isn't perfect, but encourages colleagues to vote for, the, vote for it nonetheless. This is a time for urgent bipartisan action. And in this case, I do not believe we should let perfection be the enemy of something that will help even a subset of workers. So while I will support the House bill in order to secure some emergency relief for some American workers, I will not adjourn the Senate until we have passed a far bolder package that must include significant relief for small businesses all across our country. And then on Tuesday, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin met with the Senate Republicans behind closed doors to pitch an even bigger plan. Although it was presented to the Senate as an $850 billion package Tuesday morning, Mnuchin acknowledged that it climbed to a trillion by Tuesday afternoon. Package includes roughly $50 billion in assistance for airlines. Uh, not very, uh, that's not a very big piece of it. 250 to 300 billion for small business loans, which the coronavirus thing will be cured by the time anyone can fill out the uh, applications for an SBA loan. And 250 billion in direct payments for Americans to be paid on April 6th and May 18th, which uh, as I understand it, uh, is gonna be about $1,200 per adult and 500 for kids. Unless you make more than 75,000, it it uh, phases out from 75 to 100 as a, per person or 150 to 200 billion as a couple. Standing by Mnuchin's side is President Trump, and he said this. 
We don't want people losing their jobs or not having money to live when they were doing very well just four weeks ago. So we're going big, and that's the way it'll be. We're giving uh, relief to affected industries and small businesses, and we're ensuring that we emerge from this challenge with the prosperous and growing economy, because that's what's going to happen. It's going to pop. Trump tweeted out for every, for every, encouraging everybody to support it, all the Republicans in the Senate to support it. I suspect um, he was basically just trying to get around the media who's saying he doesn't he's not caring about people because I don't really think uh, the the bill as it was is very uh, targeted and it's going to create all kinds of uh, fraud and all that stuff. But we will uh, we'll talk about that more um, in the second half because I have my comments on that and we're out of time for this this half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes traffic, weather, commercial and sports. And I'll be back again with more of the stuff going on and my opinions of it. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the on the show normally because most of you think it's boring, but I think today's a, a different situation. I will tell you that the the what you see in the news is not ha- not relating to mortgage rates yet. It will, it will, but stay. You know, uh, if you're interested in re- in refinancing. Send me, send me a, a message on edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding thing, or give me a call. I may not get back to you as in two hours like it would normally be, but you'll hear back from one of my, me or one of my teammates uh, within a, a day or two or three, um, and we will help you, help you dial you in. If you're buying the house, you're obviously, if you're buying a house, you're going to hear back uh, more promptly. And uh, if you're interested in reverse mortgage, you'll, uh, we'll get back to you within a day or two as well. Um, but the, uh, the, the market is just unstable now and therefore the rates are, are not what they should be, but they will, you know, this will turn around in a week, in a week or two. So get yourself in line if you need to, the rates are going to be really good and they'll probably continue to go down, uh, throughout the next several months. Although I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, fortune teller, but that's what most of the rate gurus seem to think based on where the where the market is. I was telling you, I was telling you before when Obama was in office that uh, the stock market was too high compared to where the actual corporate profits were. And I was waiting for the, the market correction before I moved my money out of money market into stocks. And I missed the Trump bump. So a lot of this stuff that's happening now may have happened for any other reason. It may not, as far as the stock markets and your 401ks, don't panic. Don't panic. Everything will stabilize. Okay. So anyway, there's a little bit of a little bit of stuff there. So before the break, I was talking about, uh, I was talking about the new stimulus package, a uh, stimulus or the relief package and how, uh, how my, uh, how my prediction is uh, that people will manipulate it and there'll be some fraud. And I'll, and I've mentioned this before in 2008, I went to a real estate and wealth seminar where Donald Trump was the keynote speaker on Sunday Anthony Robbins was the keynote speaker on Saturday night. And, uh, and uh, actually, Alan Greenspan, who is the former Federal Reserve chairman, spoke. And somebody asked him and said, hey, how can we prevent the fraud and corruption from happening again? Because realize this was right in, the, right in the mortgage meltdown. And he said, he said, fraud and corruption are a byproduct of our freedoms. And in order to stop everybody from, from stop anybody from an opportunity to to commit fraud and manipulate uh, our our system, we have to take away our freedom. So it's kind of a byproduct that hey, we either 
we either become we either lose our freedoms or there's always going to be people who take advantage of it which which is not which is not a uh, way to say hey it's okay for people to manipulate and commit fraud it's a way to say hey there's always going to be some don't get too crazy and uh you know i'm i'm planning on writing this book called called uh things are never as bad as they seem because someone in my past told me hey things are never as bad as they seem and things are never as good as they seem when when things are bad don't get too don't get too down don't jump out of a window because they're never as bad as they seem at the same time when things are going great for you and everything you touch seems to be seems to be turning to gold they're not as good as they seem either so don't go out and and spend all your money you have a big spending month you have a big you know you do some, make one good move don't get too excited don't get too excited and go think that you're that you've made it because something else will turn around so be conservative don't get too up don't get too down because things are never as bad as they seem things are never as good as they seem so anyway so uh where did i leave off so when it comes to payments to americans one reporter tried to get the president to commit to a number of course there's give or take 330 million americans or so if you just do the math on that that's about 750 dollars a person a family of four that would be about three thousand dollars on average again rough rough math which is that where this is happening? Well, no i don't want to say that because it's a moving these are all all every number that you mentioned yes we've talked about those numbers we're also moving those numbers in both directions so we'll let you know it'll be it's it's moving along fast yeah it's uh, everyone wants to pin him down to a number so they can they can use the uh use the video later and say well you promised this and obviously as we've seen over the last three and a half years trump is is wiser than that and uh, although he uh he says stuff he shouldn't sometimes he's pretty he's pretty clear when they're trying to trick him into something and the mainstream media isn't as smart as trump thank god so uh talking about the media the immediately the media obviously has a role to play in the coronavirus hysteria. The president, vice president, and the doctors of the White House Coronavirus Task Force have done a daily press briefing every day this week. One of the things they're asking about relentlessly is the supply of test kits. Dr. Deborah Burks, Mike Pence's right arm, I would say my key person is my right hand, but Pence obviously isn't a radio talk show host. So uh, he says his right arm on coronavirus showed she understands how the media operates in this exchange on Wednesday. If federal officials have shipped millions of tests, as you and your colleagues have said, why, as the federal government says, have only 50, uh, 59,000 tests been processed to this point? The test kits that we put out last week through the approval, the rapid movement um, of that meeting that President Trump called less than two weeks ago, that has resulted in bringing our private sector to the table because the tests in the platform that was out there could only run between four and 12 tests per platform per day. We've now moved into platforms that can run basically tens of thousands of tests per day. So we will see the number of people diagnosed dramatically increase over the next four to five days. I know some of you will use that to raise an alarm that we are worse than Italy because of our slope of our curve. To every American out there, it will be five to six days worth of tests being run in 24 to 48 hours. So our curves will not be stable until sometime next week. If you saw it, she's using the air quotes, worse than Italy, because you know the media is gonna try and manipulate, manipulate this. And if you watch 
Fox and you switch over to MB, uh, MSNBC, PMSNBC, or the Communist News Network, CNN, you see a dramatic difference in the attitude. And the Democrats know that we're in a in a uh, in an election year, and they put up a guy that they know can't win. And in this crisis, now they're going to try and say, "Hey, Trump caused this. Trump didn't cause this." And I don't know who who anybody thinks could handle all these all these things all these the little arrows coming in at the same time but i think trump is doing a masterful job and you could say well you're a, you're a trump freak no i'm not really a trump freak because i try to be as as uh, clear clear-headed and uh common sense when i look at this stuff and say what would i do and there are times when i you know when i say hey i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have i wouldn't have said that quite like that like when he said hey we're the the uh the travel the travel ban from europe excludes the United Kingdom. And I said, why would he do that? That doesn't make any sense because people are just gonna fly from everywhere else in Europe to to England or Ireland and they're gonna fly from there. So, and you know, it took a couple of days, couple of days and then they, they excluded uh, people from England coming in as well. So uh, so as, as you may have heard, several NBA players have tested positive for the virus. And some for some reason, the president expected to know why they were able to get tested sooner than the average Americans. How are non-symptomatic professional athletes getting tests while others are waiting in line and can't get them? Do the well-connected go to the front of the line? Well, that, you'd have to ask them that question. I mean, they, uh, I, I've read. No, I wouldn't say so, but perhaps that's uh, been the story of life. That does happen on occasion. Hey, you know, that's a, it seems like a little bit of a common sense thing. You know, it, uh, it's not a question of the well-connected have better access, except for they do. Um, and it's not that tragic that you have to start a new uh, bill in the in the Congress over it. But, you know, I know I can I can text my doctor and he responds to me. And uh, sometimes sometimes I can call him and he'll, on his cell phone and he'll answer. But you know what? He knows that I have common sense. So if I text if I text my doctor, he goes, OK, and he responds because I'm, he knows I won't waste his time. And he knows I won't. Uh, and I have a little bit of a little bit of common sense there. And if I and if I text him, there's probably something pretty important that I want to ask him for. That's how it is. That's how the how the way of the world is. So get over it. And remember last week they asked the president why he hadn't closed the Canadian border. Well now they now they have closed it and they're still asking why. On the Canadian border. What was the tipping point? Friday we uh, talked about it, then Monday you said no one we're not considering closing. No, I said not yet. Uh, I spoke with the Prime Minister Trudeau. Uh, very uh, good relationship obviously between us and our two countries. And uh, no tipping point. It's just that we want to we want to isolate from the standpoint we don't want people coming into contact because that's the way we're going to win this war. That is so important. And we both thought it was time. Now, it's not affecting trade. It's non-essential. It's non-essential crossings. It won't affect trade at all. And uh, it was just something we thought would be good for both countries. How racist an idea is that? I can't believe it. That that Trudeau, man, he is a racist. He just doesn't want to let Americans into his country. Can you believe it? Oh, so anyway, then there's the uh, the ongoing the ongoing accusation that Trump calling this Chinese Chinese virus is racist. Never mind that China has threatened to take away our access to antibiotics and actually accused the U.S. military of bringing the virus to China. 
Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? There are reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? A lot of people say it's racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. Uh, As you know, China tried to say at one point, maybe they stopped now, that it was caused by American soldiers. That can't happen. It's not going to happen. Not as long as I'm president. Uh, It comes from China. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Chinese are just using one of the Democrats' tactics. So if the Chinese know that they caused it, so so accuse the accuse America of bringing in through one of our army guys that are over there. And uh, because it's kind of like the Democrats, they know that their front runner, their front runner for the uh, candidate uh, and the former vice president was extorting money from Ukraine and uh, and doing uh, quid pro quos. They know that because he, he admitted it on camera. And uh, so so instead of it, of doing that, let's turn it around on the president and find a way to accuse him of doing the same thing we were doing. And I'm just wondering when Bernie Bernie Sanders drops out of the race, when this is going to come out, when this is going to come out, when their front runner, all of a sudden, all the investigations start to show uh, that this guy's a crook because he is not because it's my opinion, because he is. And then, of course, there's uh, there's one guy in, on uh, that was posting uh, on YouTube and on uh, and on uh, Instagram, apparently, that he thinks that um, that China is using this as a bioweapon against us because they're mad about the Trump trade policies. And you could see you can't get a good deal from a bad guy. And Trump's been saying that since 1980s, 1986, when he was on the on the uh, Oprah Winfrey show uh, on Oprah Winfrey show saying that, you know, it's not fair the way Japan and China is is treating us and we need to have fair trade policies. And, you know, it took him 30 years later when he finally decided to run for president. And now he's doing something about it because our former presidents have been too, uh, too uh, wimpy to go up against them. Oh, we don't want to get them mad because they're a big producer of little $5 products that it will take us $6 to do. So, but this reporter, not sure, not sure what paper she's with, but she sits on the front row in the uh, press conference room all the way to the left. And she's, she takes the cake when it comes to berating the president with questions all week long. Yesterday, you said that this was under tremendous control. Do you want to revisit that statement if we are going to be experiencing this until July or August, five more months ahead of right now? When I'm talking about control, I'm saying we are doing a very good job within the confines of what we're dealing with. We're doing a very good job. Any comment on what people like Devin Nunes, the governor of Oklahoma, have been saying, encouraging people to go out to restaurants, which goes directly against what this advice in your guidelines says? No, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that from Devin or anybody else. Should they stop saying that? Well, I have to see what they said. But they uh, people to go to restaurants if they felt okay well, with their I, families. I would disagree with it. You just said there are a tremendous number of ventilators that we have, but for weeks, hospitals have been warning about a critical shortage that they say we are not prepared for. So why did it take so long to invoke the defense production? Well, you know, hospitals are supposed to have ventilators, too. But, but we knew for but, weeks we needed more ventilators. So why did it take well, so long? Well, we knew. It depends. It, it depends on how it goes. Uh, worst case, absolutely. Uh, best case, not not at all. The CDC has put out guidelines for hospitals that are dealing with a shortage of masks to use them beyond their shelf life, reuse them instead of getting new ones, and in a worst case scenario, use a bandana instead of a mask. 
how is that acceptable at all? Well, I haven't seen that, but I will uh, let Mike answer that question, Vice President. I'm happy to, Mr. President. When will those masks be ready for Because they need them, like, today. Uh, they're available now. Yeah, amazing. Like, the president should know how hospital administrators are running their hospitals. Um, hey, you know, Pre Mr. President, can you tell us why we didn't kick up the production of toilet paper? Uh, you know, should the president know what the whack jobs at the grocery store were hoarding toilet paper? I heard about uh, some lady had six, uh, six packages of uh, toilet paper in her cart, and one other lady came up to her and said, hey, can I have one? Can I just have one of those? And they, stuck, they got into a fist fight in the grocery store. Amazing. Amazing to me. Uh, no wonder the president made this joke on Thursday. I don't know if they're sitting like you people are sitting. You're actually sitting too close. You should really, we should probably get rid of about another 75, 80 percent of you. I'll have just two or three that I like in this room. I think that's a great way of doing it. We just figured a new way of doing it. Uh, but you're actually much too close. You know, you two, you should leave immediately. But but look, look. The, mor the moral of this story is, Stay calm. Don't go. Don't go insane like everybody's doing. Keep calm. Keep calm. Try going to church if you if uh, you need a little calm. It's uh, it's worked wonders for uh, Don and I. So anyway, let's talk about some politics. The first debate of the primary season to feature only two candidates happened happened early this election cycle in March of 2016. Ted Cruz and John Kasich were still in the race alongside uh, alongside uh, Trump all the way until May, but. That's not the only unusual thing about this debate. Because of the health hysteria we're living in uh, with restrictions on public gatherings, CNN and the DNC moved the first Biden versus Sanders debate from Arizona, where, where one of the well, you know, they usually have the debate in one of the states that's about to vote, but they moved it to the CNN studios in Washington, D.C. And what do you suppose the first 30 minutes of the debate was devoted to? Coronavirus, of course. Vice President Biden, some medical experts are saying the only true way to control this virus is through a national quarantine, requiring every American other than essential personnel to stay home. Would you take that unprecedented step of a national lockdown? What I would do is what we did in our administration. I would call a meeting in the Situation Room of all the experts in America dealing with this crisis. I would sit them down and I would do exactly what we did then. Which is exactly what Trump's doing. You'll notice that he had one day he had had all the doctors and top medical people. And the next day he had all the drug companies and the scientists that that uh, that create that invent drugs uh, and antibiotics and vaccines. And then he had uh, then he had all kinds of financial people to to deal with the pot the potential and pending financial impact to business and to and to the American people. Exactly what he said that he would do, but Trump's doing. And uh, so Joe's Joe's only plan is do what we did with Ebola in the Obama administration. How about Bernie's plan? It goes like this: get rid of Trump, and everything will be magically get better. The first thing we have got to do whether or not I'm president, is to shut this president up right now because he is undermining the doctors and the scientists who are trying to help the American people. It is unacceptable for him to be blabbering with unfactual information, which is confusing the general public. Yeah, I think he's the only one who's trying to, who's trying to be calm about this and, 
and use actual common sense. Back to Biden's plan, where he mentioned Ebola so many times that Bernie actually started to think that they were talking about Ebola instead of coronavirus. Instead of doing this piecemeal, sit down and do what we did before with the Ebola crisis. It should be directed from the White House, from the Situation Room, laying out in detail like we did in the Ebola crisis. I would make sure that they did exactly what they're prepared to do. They've done it. They did it in the Ebola crisis. They've done it. We should be the ones doing what we did during the Ebola crisis, bringing the whole world together. We have got to move aggressively right now to address the economic crisis as a result of Ebola. As a result, keep talking about Ebola. You got Ebola in my head here right now. Biden got one thing right in the debate, though, pointing out why Bernie's obsession with Medicare for all would solve nothing when it comes to this viral outbreak. And with all due respect to Medicare for all, you have a single payer system in Italy. It doesn't work there. It has nothing to do with Medicare for all. That would not solve the problem at all. Yeah, exactly. And that could uh, apply to just about any and all of uh, Bernie's ideas in socialism, because socialism's been tried and tried and tried, and it fails every time because eventually you run out of everybody, everybody else's money. So none of, none of, uh, none of Bernie's uh, ideas or, or theories seem to actually work. So, But anyway, um, I want to talk about what happened in the primary, but you know what? I think uh, today... Everybody's mind is a little off politics. And I want to end with Pastor Matt Brown's ending prayer um, when he did his night of prayer on Thursday night. And I want to hope that we I can offer a little bit of comfort to everybody out there. Let me play that. So for the first prayer, I want to pray for every single one of our doctors, our nurses, our hospital administrators. Look, all of us or most of us have been asked to stay at home but they've had to leave their homes to help the sick, to look over the ill and to care for the panicked. Let's pray right now, let's extend our hands. Lord, we pray for all of our healthcare professionals who are working so hard to keep us well. Bless them and keep them safe and give them strength. We pray this in Jesus' name. And now I want us to pray over a group we never think of, let's be honest, our scientists, We don't ever think about what they do or what they're working on, but the reality is we all need them right now. They're working double time, triple time, sleeping in labs, working to find a vaccine to save us. Lord, we pray right now for our scientists, brilliant people that we take, we just take for granted every day. People who, when we took days off from school, Lord, they doubled down and they studied and they worked and they prepared. God, people who've been living their whole lives to try to understand things we can't even see. God, bless them and help them to find a vaccine, Lord, so we can move on from this. And keep your hands extended because this next prayer is a doozy. We're gonna gonna pray for our politicians. They can't ever agree. Lord, let us not be Democrats. Let us not be Republicans. Let us not be independents, Lord, but let us be people who work together for the common good and the greater good. Let us put, a, put aside our egos and our ideologies, our preferences and our parties. Lord, we pray for our governors. We pray for our president, our Congress. God, we pray for world leaders. We ask that you give them guidance and wisdom as they make difficult but necessary decisions. God, I don't know if they can make this better, but they can make it worse. So God, we need wisdom. And we pray for him. Lord, we pray for our president. Whether we voted for him or not, we pray for him. 
God, lift him up and direct him and guide him. We pray for our governor and all of our governors, our mayors. God, we pray for our police and our firefighters and ambulance workers that have to respond. God, lift them up. Give them guidance in Jesus' name. And Lord, this last one, I just want you to lift your hand up. We pray, Lord, to you. We pray to you. You are God alone. This virus is nothing to you. God, we pray that you would deliver us from sickness, that you would defeat COVID-19, that you would use this crisis to remind you of our need for you, and that as you do wonders, God, that you awaken the world to your presence and to your reality. God, we have fallen asleep on our faith. God, waken the world, rattle the world with your glory, with your power, with, your, with just your majesty, God. Remind us of our need for you and do wonders and miracles so that we would be reminded of your power, that we would return to worship as we should. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray to you and we worship you and you alone. God, our lives are in your hands and so are our souls. And God, can I just say they are in good hands. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Everybody out there, keep your faith. Don't go crazy. Uh, God has a plan and he will. Uh, he has our backs. And uh, let's uh, let's all try to stay sane and uh, stay positive and support support our uh, our president and support each other and don't go crazy in the grocery stores and don't don't just don't lose your don't lose yourself. Hey, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I will be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number nine nine two one, California DRE ID number one zero one two six five eight, Arizona MLO license number zero nine two six four three nine, Branch NMLS ID number one eight four one seven eight two, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number three one nine nine, Arizona license number zero nine two five eight three seven, Equal Housing Opportunity.